0: Welcome to Leonard Lopate at Large, I'm Leonard Lopate. Now that New York City has entered phase four of reopening, workers and employers have been trying to figure out how to get up and running while keeping workplaces safe. So we've invited industrial hygienist Monona Russell back to our show to look at what we've learned about the best safety practices. She's the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the health and safety officer for Local 829 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How a Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, it's published by Wiley. Last year, she was awarded the Karen Silkwood Award by the New York Committee for Occupational Safety and Health for her activism on behalf of Workers' Health. And I'm very pleased to welcome her back to our show. Uh, although our current technical situation doesn't allow us to take calls, you can email any questions you have for Monona to me at leonardlopate at WBAI.org. That's leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Hi, Minona.
1: Hi, how you doing?
0: Okay, uh, under the circumstances, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird doing the radio show the way that we are. Uh, And, uh, you know, I do feel a bit frustrated about not being able to take calls because of the technical situation that we face. But um, people can write to us, as I said. It's now been about five months since the first COVID-19 cases were seen in this country. Are we still somewhat unclear about how the virus is or isn't spread? Or do we have a pretty good idea by now?
1: Well, to answer that, I I read about four hours every single day. There are papers and information coming out from all countries at an incredible rate. And we know a great deal, and we know enough to know pretty much what to do. But you will hear all kinds of conflicts, uh, because as these papers come out one after the other, they get more emphasis. And then all of a sudden everybody's on this area and now they're talking about that problem. And it, it, so it, it, it fluctuates. I, I've stopped reading all of the popular media altogether. And I only read the papers that are coming out uh, in order to keep straight on, on what we know. And we do know quite a bit now about this bug. Not enough, but, but quite a bit.
0: Is it now generally agreed that it's spread mainly by airborne transmission? For a while, I was wiping down everything I bought in the supermarket and, and takeout containers, even my mail. Should we still be wiping I, all of those things with disinfectants?
1: I do. I certainly do. It is a problem, especially for areas of uh, workplaces that are frequently touched. I mean, all of those studies that first came out went for the low-hanging fruit, which is take a wipe sample of a surface and look for the virus, and oops, there it is. So, I mean, those were the things that were done first, and so we we emphasized that. Um, is that the main method? Well, probably not. But do you care if you die from something that wasn't too too likely to happen? <laughs> I, I think I think I'm, I'm I'm washing down the groceries and I'm doing all this stuff because if somebody's droplets landed on that, or if somebody with a contaminated hand handled it before I got it, there is a risk. And why take it when it just takes a few minutes of precautions? Well, the
0: advice Once we're the primary, mostly being given. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish no, what that The saying.
1: primary is probably airborne.
0: Now, the, uh, the advice being given is still to wear a mask in public, wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Uh, some people cover their mouths with a mask, but leave their noses exposed.
1: I call that pretty dumb. because let's face it as long as you are breathing out and it is going out unfiltered in any way and just floating into the air you're putting those around you at risk and 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 the real problem in wearing the masks you know they don't really protect you from everything but they do help contain your own droplets and 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 aerosol so that's this is an important thing that we should all be doing. Um, Is it perfect? Hell no. But every country that does this routinely shows better numbers. I mean, the the, the data is there. Um, People don't wanna believe it sometimes, but it's pretty much there. So who
0: are we protecting? The other people or ourselves when we wear a mask?
1: Well, I guess the only thing you really have to understand in order to just get all of this clear, is what comes out of you when you breathe. Now, I mean, we all know what comes out of you when you sneeze. We can see some of that. Um, so there are droplets that come out. What we didn't really think about is that every time you breathe out of your nose or out of your mouth or if you talk or if you sing or if you cough, there are droplets that you can't see that are coming out. They're pretty small, but they are droplets. They're composed of the liquids in your lungs as well as any other trash that's in there, including the virus. So the, we're putting out ones, all the time.
0: Are the smaller ones uh, what, what are being called aerosols?
1: Well, here's... And, and that's that's a very artificial de- uh, d- division. So Except that, that we hear it all the time. Here. Yeah, let's make it really clear. The big stuff, you can almost see, comes out. And if it's made of liquid and it's got the virus in it, if it's heavy enough and it's called a droplet, then it will settle. It has weight and mass. And so now it will go on to surfaces and stuff. And if there's no air currents or anything else moving the air around, Um, within about six feet, it probably will settle. But anybody who has a brain knows that water evaporates. So if you have a little droplet floating in the air and it's surrounded by air, it is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as time goes on. If it gets small enough before it hits the ground, it becomes what we call an aerosol. It is so dried out that there's only the virus and some oogie from your lungs and maybe a little liquid, but it's now a really tiny particle. It can be down to about 0.3 microns. The virus itself is 0.1 to 5 microns. So it can be quite small. Once it does that, it doesn't have that weight and mass. It's not going to go just down on the surfaces. Plunk. It is going to float around on the air currents. It can get almost anywhere in that room. And that's the other concern, but it's a continuum. It isn't like two sizes come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You got the whole range from big mm-hmm. oogie to little oogie.
0: But the aerosols, since they stay in the air longer and travel farther, uh, the, 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 the rule that we've been hearing about keeping six feet distance from each other,
1: that wouldn't apply. No, it doesn't. And, and that's, the, that's the real difficulty. Um, so the the problem is clearly you've got to then be either outdoors or your ventilation system has to be good or there has to be a fan and windows and something. You've got to get it out. If you just stay in a room with your own breath and or the breath of someone who is infected, there's a serious, serious issue there.
0: It's generally accepted that wearing a mask is the best way to contain the virus. How much difference is there between the N95 masks, the surgical masks, and the do-it-yourself cloth masks that many people are making, including bandanas?
1: Well, I can answer part of that. We we have nice, nice data and tons of it on the N95 because all of the NIOSH-certified respirators Um, meet certain standards, we know what kinds of sizes of particles they will capture, what percentage they will, and all of that. So obviously, the gold standard, unfortunately, is (laughs) N95, because it should be a better better filter than that. The 95 means that those particles that are three microns, and remember, I said the aerosol is likely to be around there, um, will go through at a rate of about 5%. That's what the 95 means. So um, if, if you really wanted to protect the healthcare care workers, um, you would have gone for what's called a P100, and that would have been a HEPA filter that will do a much better job, almost 100% of those little particles. So we know about those. The surgical masks that are approved by the um, uh, ASTM standard, they do pretty well also in protecting not great you know not certainly like an N95 but they do fairly well and they certainly protect going out and they do also protect somewhat go, coming in for the aerosol but so, when you get <laughs> when you get to these do-it-yourself masks holy smokes yeah my god every design every idea everybody's got an idea and they're also putting valves in them, exhalation valves. What in the hell? Where, what, was, what was in the person's mind when they said, I'll make it easier for them to breathe by putting a valve that opens up and lets their breath out unfiltered? What <laughs> were they thinking? So, so we see all kinds of do-it-yourself masks that really, really shouldn't be used in, in, in this application. But the average piece of cloth if it fits fairly tight to the face, will do a fairly good job of collecting those big droplets that you kick out, and that is enough to make a significant difference in overall transmission.
0: But we also are seeing such a wide range of prices, and uh, ads on television for, for masks that have copper, uh, there are... Uh, parts of New oh. York State, where, where they're offering free masks to people over 65. And then you go into uh, the uh, the local pharmacy and they have masks for a dollar. And then I see ads on television for masks for $20. For $20. So um, does price really matter in, in these instances?
1: Not really, because um, as long as they don't have a NIOSH certification, who's standing behind them? Mm -hmm. and 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 people who say well no there's copper threads in here and then copper is known to kill bacteria well this is a virus thank you very much and (laughs) there is absolutely no question that there isn't enough dwell time I mean that virus is not going to say where's that copper let me sit on that I mean it's just (laughs) garbage I mean what what are we thinking we just we just want to believe in all of these theories and all of that but the fact is that um, what you need to do is get something over your face and and pretty tightly so that you are at least protecting those around you from a significant portion of what you spew out.
0: Some people are wearing clear plastic face shields and uh, they say it's important, especially <laughs> for, well, there are lip readers out there who, who cannot understand anything if you have a, a mask over your face. Are those clear clear plastic face shields uh, any uh, effective, or do do you have to wear um, a mask with them?
1: Just 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 stop and think. There's a piece of plastic in front of your face. Every time, <clears throat> excuse me. Every time you breathe in, you drag air from the sides or wherever in. Every time you breathe out, you blow it out. Uh, all you change is the direction of your of your breath. You don't capture any of it with that. And I. I I, I, I train people, you know, I do a COVID seminar and I wondered how I'm going to do this because I have all kinds of pictures of what a N95 captures, what a surgical mask captures, what a sneeze looks like, uncaptured, you know, with the particles showing. What is? It? And so what I did is I commissioned a, a man named Mike Konopaki. I don't know if you know who he is. You can see him on Wiki. He's a hell of a cartoonist to do me a sneeze behind (laughs) a shield Uh in cartoon with, and and, and the second shot is that he's gobsmacking the people on either side of Uh it. So, you know, I mean, there has to be common sense here. If you're, if you're expelling your breath unfiltered, then that's, I'm sorry, you're not doing the purpose of that, of that mask. I don't know how to answer your problem about Lip reading, I don't, you know, I'm not God, nobody gave me permission to solve all the problems, but I can certainly tell you that the shield alone doesn't work. The shield over a mask is excellent.
0: We did try to book God for our show today, but we're very happy that Minona Russell uh, agreed to do it. (laughs) (laughs) She's a regular on our show. Uh, the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and and Theater Safety, and the Health and Safety Officer for Local 829 of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage employees. Uh, Not doing much work for them, I assume, at this moment because uh, all the theaters are closed. This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM. Uh, Beyond the people who uh, object to wearing masks because of political reasons, uh, some say that uh the, the problem is that uh well uh for example you it steams up your glasses or it's hard it gets hot in uh, in this in 95 degree oh. temperatures oh. uh so so it's oh. uncomfortable is it okay to carry a mask with you and then put it on when you see other people approaching but leave it off when no one else is around
1: yeah yes but, you know, you know, if this is the toughest thing in your life, um, you're, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, there are some people, I'm a very old lady, and I'm an asthmatic, and I've been hospitalized a couple times for heart issues. So, you know, I've got an excuse if I didn't want to wear one. And I do take it off coming up the stairs, because I don't think I'd make it up six flights <laughs> into my apartment with a mask on, trying to breathe through it. But... You know, we we owe it to, to, to everybody, you know, just grow up and put it on. It is not that big a deal. And if this old broad can do it, I mean, gee, uh, I'm, I really think that we all can do this for, for the people around us. But I Thank do you. have to get back to wh- I do have to get ahead. back to what you said previously, that I wouldn't be working much for 829. I have never worked so hard and so long. I'm doing 16 hour days, my dear. And I'm also the safety uh, consultant for SAG-AFTRA. And you may have noticed on the news that the film business is now open. Yeah. We have a very, very, very good plan that has been accepted. Um, and I'm working on other plans. There is so much to do. I have, I've never worked as many hours as uh, per, per week as I'm working right now.
0: Now, I'm a member of SAG-AFTRA. Can you talk to management at WBAI about Uh, Whether it's uh, okay for them to open up our studios again so we don't have to do it this way?
1: Well, it just happens I'm doing a COVID seminar for AFTRA on the 31st. Contact your union and ask to get on it.
0: Okay. Now, What about the uh, the six foot rule? Rule is six feet away really far enough, or doesn't it depend on other things? For example, if there's a wind,
1: <laughs> of course, if there's a ten mile an hour wind going to the east, your bugs are going to go a lot further than six six feet. I mean, they're going they're going to ride on the on the currents. So uh, why, it, it's all relative.
0: Now, why do you think some people are just so, really, ignore all of this. For example, in the supermarket nowadays, we uh, have to wear a mask. Although uh, I regularly see things posted uh, on the internet of people fighting about that. But even the simple stuff like uh, arrows that point uh, which aisle, which way you should walk down an aisle in the supermarket, they're ignored. Uh, and these are by people I assume who think that they're doing the right thing. Uh, is it just we we become tired? of having to deal with all of this?
1: You know, I'm really not, I'm, you, know, you, you, you need a psychiatrist on here too because I don't <laughs> understand. I truly, truly do not understand the attitude of some people um, because what what I've the, the position that I've taken on the, the workplaces who say, especially in a few states that have passed laws saying that the worker has a right not to wear a mask Mm. What I say is then that goes along with the right of the other workers not to work with that person. Mm. So now it becomes an employer's economic issue. If you've got someone who will not wear a mask in a workplace because it's their right, then it's the right of every other worker that is in there to say, I'm not working next to that person or anywhere near that person. And so it, it becomes very shortly a mess. And what we just need to do is pull together, do the best. I mean, this is the best advice that we're getting from not just in this country, but every country that's looked into this. Come on, just just go with the program this once, and and, yeah. and let's let's try to get us open again. Let's try to get the uh, the numbers into a position where we can do more things out in public again.
0: Public restrooms are another concern. Can flushing a toilet spread the virus?
1: That was a real kicker. Um, we really, Once you're, we're infected, we put out a lot of active virus in both our ex- excretory efforts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, as one, as, and did. as a matter of fact, they, they are now monitoring um, the amount of uh disease in some cities by sampling their raw sewage um because they i mean it's amazing so when you have these 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 bathrooms where you know the toilets have no lids on them and it makes a big swoosh and you can actually see sometimes the 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 spray going That puts the stuff back in the air. So there were just a couple of studies that showed high levels in bathrooms from that source. And um, so, so this, is, this is a real issue as well for public bathrooms.
0: So if there is a, a toilet lid, we should close it before we, we flush. Uh, now- uh,
1: should, all along. Should,
0: should we carry a can of Lysol or bleach to disinfect the toilet before we use it? <laughs>
1: To eat or to inject.
0: That's
1: <laughs> <No. So>, uh, <laughs> such a joke. I mean, you know that I know, Trump, I know, I know. Oh, I'm not know, gonna see.
0: ask I'm not gonna okay. ask President Trump to explain that joke. Um, okay.
1: So yeah, well, you know, we, that's why we have hand sanitizer that we carry as well as well. Soap and water works actually the best of all. Um, but the hand sanitizer might be a way to to, to deal with some of that. But also, we've got to have good ventilation in 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 restrooms and in offices and in every public space. That's going to yank that stuff out and either exhaust it to the outside, or put it through a, a kind of HEPA filter system so it can capture um, the virus.
0: And I'm going to get to the uh, the the the. the... Those systems in just a moment, but I, I'm I'm thinking about people returning to work. Uh, that means they'll be using the subway, for example. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about uh, doorknobs, subway poles. I've been thinking about going into uh, into an ATM and pushing those buttons that somebody else pushed uh, about receiving a coin or or even a dollar bill in change. Are all of those things, can they all be problems?
1: Yeah, and again, the risk is low, but it is there. Um, when, on the few things that I absolutely have to shop for or pick up, I literally plan out that whole thing, and I put everything that I'm going to need into a bag and so that it all goes back in there, and then it gets sanitized when I come home. I really think it out because uh, we know that money really really keeps it quite long uh, so best to use your credit card and then clean off your credit card you know you, you just have to think you have to think like you're a surgeon and you're getting ready to get into the operating room but the operating room is getting back to home and and making sure that you're not going to get the bug into where you live and eat so it's it, it, it's logistics that you've got to consider
0: Now, many businesses shut down abruptly in March. What kind of cleaning procedures should they be going through before they reopen?
1: Yeah, uh, the cleaning procedures are one thing and the ventilation is another. Um, We've got a lot of cleaning uh, products now. They're all on the EPA N list. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. But Mm -hmm. they are registered for cleaning. Uh, But but watch out for the phony people, the people who sell you things that are going to use ultraviolet or ozone gas or um, um, electrostatic spray that electrifies water. I mean, there's all you've got to be really, really, really careful. Negative Uh, negative ion generators.
0: generators.
1: Yeah, you have to, if it isn't an endless registered. Disinfectant for surfaces, then you know don't go there. And, and, and the subway learned that as well. So they were, they're spraying a, a, an endless um, product. Uh, they tried a couple of these things, but they, they, they were pretty much bogus. I mean, it isn't like we don't know that UV will kill a bug, but is it the right amount of UV? The right length of time? Is it the right distance away? Uh, all of those things figure in there so that most of these products really don't have the data to show that they that they work well. So the surfaces of course in a building that's being reopened have to all be sanitized and that's the easiest part of your problem. The so let's talk about the
0: ventilation.
1: It, yeah, you, the, you you the hard part understand. is the ventilation. People, and that's some, why the schools are a problem because they've got rotten ventilation most of them anyhow. But if I you have kind of poor ventilation, Uh, This is not a time to go back into that building because the the two problems are, first, when you start up an HVAC system, you've got to watch out for things like Legionella and other types of things. You've got to sanitize that system, clean all of that stuff out, make sure that you're not ending up dying from another bug. But you've also got to look at the filter that's in there, and most of the HVAC systems don't have enough power to run what is essentially a HEPA filter, it's called a MERV 17, very often the, the, the system has to be upgraded with a better fan in order to shove the air through that, that um, better filter. So that's, that would be my first thing uh, that I would want done if I was going into a workplace. I want to know what that ventilation is capable of doing
0: many older buildings use open windows for ventilation is that effective
1: well it is and it isn't um the buildings that were built early and didn't have recirculating ventilation depended on the fact that all the buildings back in the 60s and 70s were leaky and they leaked around the windows and they leaked around they they had no insulation to speak of and air was like kind of going through them at a pretty good clip so, you know, but we got energy efficient because of the energy crisis. So now we, we revamped those places and we sealed them all up and we sealed the windows and doubled them and all the stuff that, well, now they don't work at all. They're, they're little, you're walking into a cave. And um, so if, if in summer, we could probably just open a window and put in an exhaust fan, open a window at the other side of a room and let the air rip through, it'd be kind of hot today, but that would work. But those old buildings that don't have uh, recirculating ventilation systems, um, they most of them been tightened up for, for energy issues. And they, they're really, they're sealed up. And, and, and you're sealed in there with the breath of everybody that has been there before you.
0: And I'm assuming that a small room is a bit more dangerous than a larger space.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because the 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 old saying that the solution to pollution is dilution, uh, uh-huh. and of course the greatest solution is going outside. But um, the bigger the room, the more the dilution factor is. But you put a bunch of people in a big room, and you still have a big problem.
0: So. Um... What is the most common kind of ventilation that we see in office buildings these days? Uh, I, I'm assuming that it varies depending on how old the building is. But uh, are there some that really are, are totally trustworthy in, under these circumstances?
1: Oh boy! <laughs> Not in my opinion. Um, <laughs> None of them. I, I'm also. I, I'm also. Uh... <laughs> I, 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 a disclosure: I'm on the uh, AC, the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists Committee on Industrial Ventilation, so I have a bias. Um, the systems that actually exhaust air are, of course, the best for toxic substances that I deal with uh, in, in job issues, but they're also very good in, in terms of this virus. Um, the, the recirculating systems that I keep talking about come under another organization that I'm also a member of uh, called ASHRAE. It's the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating, and Air Conditioning Engineers. And I have some significant issues with a number of their standards. And um, I I don't, for instance, on the buildings that I plan, I use the ASHRAE standards from 2001 because they ended up cutting the amount of fresh air again uh, in, in response to the energy crisis, um, and um, we tried that once before and it didn't work. And I, regardless of their rationale, this time I feel it also is a problem. So I want to see more fresh air on these systems, uh, and I certainly want to see better filtration.
0: Before we go to a break, I, I wonder whether employers should require workers to take COVID tests regularly and. Given the turnaround time, the, in some cases uh, being a week or more, would that even be helpful?
1: Oh, yeah. We got, we got three tests now. Uh, you know, the plan for sag requires Zone A workers. Those are people who are paid to kiss each other and stuff and can't distance. They get tested every three days. Um, there are now three different tests that can be used, and some of them are a very short turnaround. Um, one producer actually has a lab and lab personnel on location so that it can all be done right there. Um, so that's level A. If you're, if you're zone, zone B and you can distance most of the time, you get tested once a week. But that will make a big, big difference. So that's why our plan works, essentially.
0: A reminder that if you have a question for Monona, you can write to me at uh, my email address here at WBAI, LoPate at WBAI.org. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM. Stay with us. American City, you will find it very pretty. Just two things of which you must beware don't drink the water and don't breathe the air. Pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud. Turn on your tap and get hot and cold running crud. Before we get back to my conversation See with Manona Russell, I'd like to take just a few minutes to ask you to consider contributing to this station to help us get back on our feet after this pandemic has made our financial circumstances quite difficult. We need everyone who tunes into London at large and is able to donate to please step up right now by going to our website, give to wbai.org, or by calling. that's 516-620-3602 the website give and then the number two wbai.org and please do that to help keep this show and the station on the air and one great way to support wbai without having to shell out a lot of money at one time is to become a bai buddy their listeners who contribute ten dollars or more each month to keep the station running and to show their support for what we do on this show. And joining me now with some details is my executive producer, Jesse Lynn. Hi, Jesse.
2: Hi, Leonard. Great to be here. Yes, as Leonard said, BAI buddies are a real centerpiece of our funding model at WBAI. As Leonard and I are often saying on this show, we don't accept any sponsorship Oops. there's matching dollars there's no government grants there's no secret money exchanged behind the scenes it's all just AI. our listeners. what you hear it's just you it's just the generosity of the people uh like yourself that tune in weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m and enjoy. Bring you on low paid at large. We are only still here uh, on this station broadcasting to you because of generosity, like uh, uh, because of the generosity of listeners like yourself. Now, as Leonard said, the pandemic has has hit the station very hard, hit a lot of public uh, radio stations and television stations very hard, a lot of independent media. But because BAI has funding model I was just talking about, it's very difficult for us. And we understand that a lot of people's situation has changed in the last few months. They might have lost their job, they might have had new uh, obligations financially. We completely understand and know that you got to keep the lights on first. But if your situation is more stable, more secure, we would ask you to consider stepping up for one of those listeners that did have to pull their funding. I mean, think about it. This is someone who enjoyed the same show that you did and that you do and took the plunge to support what we do. Now, getting back to BAI buddies for a minute. BAI buddies because it's a monthly sustaining amount, $10 taken out of your credit card or debit card, uh whichever's easiest. You know, that allows us to plan for the future, but it will also allows us to say, hey, look, we have X amount of listeners that are so committed to our show that they are um, throwing down a little money every month to keep it coming to you. Uh, you know, I know that some people pay uh, for, for exclusive access to podcasts. In a way, it's a bit like that. Uh, The only way that we can keep this show coming to you is if our listeners step up in one way or another by going to give to WBAI.org. That's give, then the number two, WBAI.org, or by calling 516-620-3602. And, you know, I think today's show is an example of, uh, well the way we do things a little bit differently i mentioned on the show yesterday we like to take the bird's eye view so to speak i don't know about you leonard but i have probably watched you know dozens of or listened to dozens of news reports and segments about covid19 about how to protect ourselves about the the latest research but i've never heard an hour devoted to this Specific specificity. Is that a word? I, I think I just yes. made that up. We're, no, getting well, into the enough. details.
0: And, and uh, Monona knows stuff that you probably haven't. Well, I'm sure that many times you're watching one of those shows and you're asking the TV screen, well, what about this? What about that? This is my opportunity yes. to ask those kinds of questions uh, to somebody who really knows the answers, uh, and that's why we invite her on the show, and that's why we invite all of our, the guests that we have on the show. Uh, we try to really book the, the most knowledgeable people, and I think if you're a regular listener, you know that that's the case. So whether you become a PAI buddy, which we love uh, because it gives us, uh, uh, it, it allows us to plan for the future, or if you want to just do one lump sum, or if you've already been a member, and your membership has lapsed, whatever the, the the case, please give us that call right now at 516-620-3602, or go to give to, the number two, WBAI.org. And uh, Jesse, I understand that uh, the situation is still kind of tough for WBAI right now. We do really need a strong show of support as quickly as we can get it.
2: People who have been tuning in regularly to the show know that we have been in fun drive mode for what feels like a very long time, weeks at this point. And I wish I could tell you that we were right around the corner from turning it around. But the problem is... We don't have any other technique to raise this money except for your generosity. So that's why we're here. I've said this before, but it's not like when you see a commercial break on TV or even here. you know, the program you're listening to is brought to you by Pfizer on some public radio or television stations, what that means is the money's in the bank, the check is in the mail, so to speak, by broadcasting that statement, uh, the the network or the station that's broadcasting it gets that money. We are out here asking for your generosity. If no one gives, we still are out here. So it's, it's really up to you and you alone, our listeners, to keep this show coming to you. And Leonard, if I could just make one... Uh, additional comment about today's show, about Monona, you mentioned that she has the answers. I would add to that, not only does it all have the answers on uh, how to safely reopen your workplace, uh, or your school, uh, and then how to protect yourself. She's also right in the middle of this fight, both in uh, some of the scientific organizations she belongs to, and also at head of the union for SAG. After she was talking about, this is uh, Monona is someone who is right in the front lines as far as trying to figure out this science and the way that we can incorporate what we know so far into making uh, response. J- J- Jenny, you're, you're, you're breaking It's up. not enough for us. Excuse me. Yeah, the, the connection is a little weird today. So if you can hear me, the last point I wanted to make is, is really that is what we are doing our best to do on this show every day to bring you... Is something. It's it's not enough just to say the words, right? It's not enough just to use the buzzwords. Hey, COVID protection, you know, or or politics, or 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 pick your pick your subject. We want to go beyond that on this program, and that's why it's one subject for the full hour, because that allows Leonard and his guests to go beyond the buzzwords, beyond the catchphrases that we've all been bombarded with and actually try to figure out what's happening. And I know that, uh, that that's valuable to people because I value it. It's why I was a Leonard Lopate at Large listener long before, uh, over a decade before I was Leonard's producer. But we can only keep bringing you these shows if our listeners step up and help. If you want to become a BAI buddy, that's great. Uh, that's, uh, as we've been saying, a listener who... who In kind of $10 or more a month, but whatever amount you're able to contribute by going to the web at give to WBAI.org, give them the number two, as we've been saying, WBAI.org, or by calling 516-620-3602, whatever level you're able to step up, you're allowing us to keep bringing you this show and your fellow listeners to keep enjoying it. And please be sure to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lopate at large and from all of us to all of you. Thank you so much.
0: And I want to get back to Monona. And Monona, I invited listeners to write in, and we've got a number of uh, listeners writing in. One uh, has to do with the schools, which would normally be reopening in a little more than a month. And the president is threatening to withhold funds from states that don't open schools. But a listener wrote in, I would like to know why this mayor insists on opening the nation's largest school system when other cities like Los Angeles are not opening. He won't open the malls, which are indoors, but he insists on opening schools, which one city council member describes as Petri dishes.
1: You know, the Petri dish comment is probably pretty right on. I only taught young people in my life one year. And this second week of that year, I got sick, and I did not draw a healthy breath for the next entire year. (laughs) They are little bug factories. If you are not used to dealing with young children, you are in for one bug after another. It's just the way it is. Everyone knows this. They, they, They grow all kinds of things because their immune systems are still developing. They are a really good prospect for spreading this virus. Are you so shocked that the
0: president is insisting that the schools reopen? Although the latest plan to to hold the, uh, the, the RNC convention outdoors because of concerns about COVID 19? I'm
1: horrified. Yeah, I'm horrified at what he's doing with the schools because we also know that the school, the the infrastructure in the schools is poor. The ventilation, the maintenance, the other issues. There's so many issues in schools and to bring them all together with this particular virus and, 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 and disinfecting every day and all of the things that have to happen and children, it makes no sense. If we have to put everybody back a year, you know what, the world will not.
0: Crash. But In, in some um, states, officials have decided that they'll reopen the schools, allow the kids to get sick, and then they say they'll get over it. Uh, is that similar yeah. to the idea of having coronavirus parties where people attend uh, to get infected intentionally so that they can develop immunity?
1: Well, that's just about as stupid, yes, because of course, these, these who, who do these children live with? You know, and where do they go after that? I mean, once you have a population that is really infected, it doesn't stay in that population. So you're just looking at killing people by doing this. And it's it's a question of, oh, gee, it's only a couple of percent. A couple of percent of a million people is is 200 million, is 200,000 people. You know, we're being very casual. We're at like 140,000, 150,000 now. Those are lives. Those are people that have Hmm. families. I mean, what are we, if we had any other thing killing 150,000 people, we'd be doing what we could. This doesn't make any sense to look at this and say, well, let these kids just catch it and they'll be okay. And then, then that'll be that. The the teachers are in there. They're going home to their grandparents and to their families. It makes no sense.
0: Well, another listener, Gary, writes in, pools are opening. They limit people to limit exposure and require masks. How safe is it to go to a pool? If you do lap swimming, wouldn't there be a risk from breathing next to someone?
1: You betcha. And the are there masks activity, that you can use
0: when you swim, you also want to know if there are masks that you can actually use while you're swimming.
1: You'd be out of your mind to do that. You need all the oxygen you can get to swim and to do exercising like that. So you do not want anything impairing your your ability to to take in oxygen. but that means you need to be away from other people far enough that what what comes out of your mouth is not going to land on them.
0: Another listener writes my uh, KN95 mask has what looks like a valve. It seemed to defeat the whole purpose. Um, Why does it have a valve? Earlier you said you didn't think the valves were a good idea. Why do they have valves?
1: But but the the KN95 is the Chinese, but see, here's the thing. They approved for, because they had no masks when this started. And we can go into the reasons, but it's obviously bad planning. But we had no N95s for hospital workers. So they gave tentative approval to the KN95, which is from China. Once they did that, China just dumped tons of KN95s that did not pass NIOSH's test, the ones with the valves, the ones with the ear loops. If you've got ear loops, that N95 cannot develop a seal to your face, and it will not perform as, as, as it's supposed to. So, I mean, there were just tons of those on, on, on the market. But the ones with valves, they're fine if you're protecting yourself from toxic substances and lead and, and asbestos and things like that, because you're, you're not interested in what comes out of your mouth. You're only interested in inhaling. You see, the, the exhalation valve is a little bitty flat when you breathe in it closes so that now you force all of your air to be drawn through the filtering part of the mask around it when you breathe out the flap opens and now your breath can go whoosh right out easily so at least you don't have to use breathing stress on the exhalation of, of your breath only on the inhalation and that saves you a little energy makes you feel a little better but it doesn't protect anyone else. So it is not a COVID mask. It is for toxic substances.
0: Now, uh, I wanna get back to the schools. We don't have a lot of time. One of the issues with schools is that the reform of daycare for working parents, often actually a, a source of uh, meals for the kids as well. Uh, many parents can't afford to pay for daycare out of their wages. Could there be a safer way to have uh, children cared for than in the schools?
1: Uh, there might be. Uh, we could explore that, but we we ha- we uh, we don't seem to be even thinking about uh, alternative mm-hmm. ways of doing this. Um, there are some some people entertaining the idea of 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 roving tutors and and other types of of, of ways of of dealing with this um, and bringing services to the household instead of having. The, the, the student go to the school to get hot meals and so on. There, there should be a way to do this, but um, just bringing all the kids together and, and, and taking potluck is probably not the way to go.
0: You work with a lot of colleges and universities around the country. What kinds of issues are they dealing with? Do you uh, think that uh, what they're doing right now, uh, is, which is often, often offering uh, uh, classes online, uh, is, is that the best way or, uh, or mixing yeah. it up? As some are suggesting, um, having, well, uh, classes with, with only half the students. So there's a lot of social distancing half the time. And then having, uh, and, and having different students come in on different days. Is that a good plan?
1: Well, here's the way I think about it. If it's something that you need to learn intellectually, why the hell go around other people to learn it? It makes no sense. Zoom is a great thing. I'm living on Zoom, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's, there's all kinds of ways of doing this, online, discussing, talking. I mean, there's a lot of ways. If, if, but I'm also a chemist, and there are times you have to go into a lab and actually, you know, fill a pipette. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. things you've got to learn to do. So it, that's when, when there is no other way to learn it but hands-on, that's one thing. But if it's an intellectual exercise or anything that you can do at home, they, why take that risk? It doesn't make any sense. And um, there, there's a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I, I think this is a really big period of learning for me, just constantly reading, constantly looking at the data, getting on the various forums and saying, you know, I've never heard of this particular formula before. What is that? You know, Somebody explain that to me. We are all learning. It's it's, it's it's amazing the, the, what what is happening. And we wouldn't be able to do that in little seminars and meeting and rooms. the The internet is great. Let's take full advantage of it.
0: There's uh, a lot of
1: needs,
0: go, ahead. go ahead. I was going no, to say a lot of attention is being paid to <laughs> the development of of vaccines. Well, since the virus mutates, won't a vaccine be of limited value?
1: Oh, we're going to be pretty good. We're going to—it—it—it's—it's it, it, already mutated, but it hasn't mutated um, in terms of what will uh, be effective. You know, the reason that we had such a, a big problem here is the original Chinese virus is no longer uh, the mm-hmm. the main virus in the world. It's—it's the—it's the G614 that's here now. And um, it, it um, makes more copies of itself and it, is, it, it, it can access the ACE2 receptors better if you are up on all this stuff. Anyway, it's, it's, a more, it's more effective at infecting people than, than, the, than the original. Um, but it still is a coronavirus and it still will be stopped in the same general way.
0: Now, is has there been a uh, uh, advance in developing a uh, treatment options? For example, are there any promising drugs which might improve survival
1: rates? Well, yeah, I mean they're continually expensive. You know, they get actual permits for testing really crazy things sometimes. Um, I I won't go into all of them because I'm I'm afraid that people will jump on some of the screwball things that are being done. But uh, people, um, science is so desperate that they are granting uh, some hospitals uh, kind of like uh, experimental rights to try certain treatments in certain Mm. limited ways. Um, So um, there's a lot of things out there, but this is this is a virus is pretty much going to run its course um and and so i think we're going to just probably have to wait until we get the vaccine and uh i can't wait personally and i think they're really moving along pretty fast
0: we have run out of time unfortunately but as always it's been a great pleasure having you on our show i've been talking with industrial hygienist monona russell who will be back with us i guess in a few weeks uh and if this emergency continues, it may even sooner. That sounded
1: ominous. <laughs> no, well... you know something I don't know?
0: <laughs> no, but you always know something I don't know. Thanks again. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn, who prepared today's interview. If you're new to our program and like to hear more, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as an iTunes podcast. And uh, don't uh, forget to, that you can find links to all of our past shows on our website, LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. Also, check out Leonard Lopate At Large on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to write me about this or any of our past or just to say hello, I gave out that address earlier. You can reach me at my email at LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I'd like to take just one last moment to ask you for your support for this station. If you care about Linda Lopate at Large and all of the other great programs here on WBAI, we need your help to keep this station alive. Please step up right now and make a contribution of whatever level you're comfortable with. We need all of our loyal listeners to go to our website, give to wbai.org or to call 516-620-3602 right now to keep the unique in-depth content we bring you on this show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. And please make sure that you make that contribution in the name of Leonard at Lodge. Uh, We also invite you, of course, to become a BAI buddy. That's just $10 a month until you tell us you no longer want to do that. Uh, Again, the number 516-620-3602 or go to the website, give2wbai.org. Um, Tomorrow, Claire Bond-Potter will discuss her latest book, Political Junkies, From Talk Radio to Twitter, How Alternative Media Hooked Us on Politics and Broke Our Democracy. See you then.